1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 12. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority which instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or the governor, who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the King. Amen. Let me see it. So it starts off here in what we're reading with. It says, love such good lives among unbelievers. Like it's really easy to live a very good Christian life among other believers, right? I mean, we agree most of the time. We, we, we sometimes we, we, we talk about the same. I mean, we, we, we kind of get into a groove of our, our people. And, and when those people are actually believers that we share a great commonality because we follow the same God. That's, that's pretty good. And it's even a safe place, hopefully, for you that you can be yourself and not have a good day and not be in a good frame of mind around those believers that you trust and believe and live with. But this is specifically talking about living good lives among unbelievers um, that even as they accuse you, you are still going to live for God. In other words, you are living for God regardless of what they say or think about you. You walk in his ways. You do what he says. And that even if people slander you, God will take care of it in some way or another, at some point or another. Because people are always carefully watching, aren't they? I mean, they're carefully watching either to do one of two things. There are literally some people out there that are seeking to trap you. I promise you that. And so they're watching your lives so that they can actually trap you in something. It's all throughout Scripture. We all have stories of that in our own lives. But some people are watching you because they're searching. And I would say the majority of people that are actually watching your life are not looking at a way to really just pull one over on you and, and just ruin your life. The majority of people that are watching you are watching you because there's something that they pick up different. Well, we know it's the Lord. We know it's him in us. And so instead of living our lives trying to figure out how to evangelize people and say, oh, well, I'm just going to start doing this. I'm sorry. God might be calling you to do that stuff. Go for it. Go for whatever way you want to go. How about this, though? How about you evangelize by just doing what God says? By just saying, I want more of you. How about you pick up a daily pursuit that's on you, and we're here to help you. We are a family of God. We're here to help you and walk through this with you. But if every single individually took, individual took responsibility for their own opportunity to walk with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, can you imagine what this would look like? And I'm not even talking numerically. I, if you were in our leadership team yesterday, numerics never came up. 
I don't want you to think that when we think about church and a family of faith that we're thinking about, hey, we need you to just bring more of you. No, we just need you to be more in the Lord. And if you focus on that, as it says in Acts 2, 42, and the Lord added to their number daily, those that were being what? Saved. We don't know where they went to church. So let's be a church that just is like, hey, we are going to live our lives for God as individuals. And we're agreeing to be a part of a family that is agreeing to do the same thing in their own walk. And I'm going to worry about me, but I'm going to worry about you because you're going to worry about you and you're going to worry about me. When I say worry, I just mean you're always on my heart and mind. You're always there. See, that's the type of life that Jesus is describing through Peter here. Live such a good life because the more godly you live, whether they slander you or not, you give them less fuel at the very least, don't you? And so they're carefully watching, which means if we're living our life for God, they will see our good deeds, whether they want to or not. And these good deeds are not for them. They are for God and they will see. And at some point it says they will glorify God. Now, it might not have already happened. It it might not be that somebody that has been unkind to you or this or that, maybe they haven't met the Lord and, and things have been glorified. But there will come a day that they will glorify the Lord at the end of times at the very most. Because all of us at that point, it says, on the earth, above the earth, and under the earth, will say Jesus Christ is Lord as we bend our name. So your uh, process of being mistreated, your process of going through hard times are hard. And we recognize that and we invite that as a family. Come tell us about it. We will walk with you in it. You see, so as we start living that way, it's going to have impact. And we're not talking impact of like filling up a building. You know we're looking for a smaller place on purpose now. Like we want to be impacted by what God is doing in your life. Even the difficult. And so living godly lives, these people carefully watching us, they they might think twice about slandering us because when this was penned, when this was being written, Christians were living in such a hostile environment. They were being accused of uh, disloyalty to Caesar because they said there is no God but, but Jesus. There is no God. Caesar's not our God. They were accused of using magic. What do you think magic meant? What was the Lord doing through them? Miracles. They were calling it magic. They were upsetting the trade of goods. How do you think that happened? People started finding out that they needed Jesus because they started seeing these believers 
like living differently. And they started to live like them because that was best for them. And people started becoming honest. And the honesty was crushing the Roman economy. Because Christians were just doing what God said to do. They weren't participating in festivals. They called that a crime because they said it's a hatred against mankind. In other words, the word for it today is that you're just not a tolerant person. I love this one. This is my favorite one. They were accused of being atheists because they had no idols. Interesting, right? And here's the one that kind of bleeds into what we'll start to talk about next week, but in a little bit today. Uh, they were accused of crimes because they were telling slaves that they could actually be free. More on that later. So we move on to verse 13. It says, for the Lord's sake, honor the Lord by honoring authority. So when you're living the way that God has called you to live, when you're living for just him, and it blesses us, but you are living for just him, you are then going to honor the authorities that are out there, whether you agree or disagree with them. You're going to live in such a way because the authority there, they were saying, whether it's the emperor, who, by the way, thought he was a god, or appointed rulers of that same person. The emperor at that time was Nero, and he was brutal. And when I say brutal, I don't mean like, hey, it's really brutal that that uh, government dropped a, a, a bomb on that you know, country or missed that country and people died. No, 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 no. I'm talking about a daily brutality against Christians. Like Christians were literally sport. They would see how long a Christian could run around the ring as animals would chase him. Nero would have uh, Christians dipped in oil and they would light the streets like we have streetlights today. Like that's the type of human being that Peter is inspired by the Holy Spirit to write to those people, honor him. Honor the governed authorities, whether they're bad or brutal. Believe it or not, is actually better than anarchy. A bad and brutal government at least is a government, okay? I'm not agreeing with it. I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying it. they are vile and they are awful governments out there. They're absolutely vile and awful governments out there. But anarchy? That's, that's, that's crazier than the Wild West. And so, obey when you can. Even if you don't agree with the person, even if you don't respect the person. I'm not even talking about politically, I'm talking about your boss. I'm talking about somebody over you in authority, in any way, shape, or manner. Honor them. Because there will come times when you can't do what they say to do. 
I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime. I really don't. I know it is happening in our lifetime in other countries right now. I don't know if we'll experience the things that other Christians around the world are experiencing, but I know that uh, Peter, who is writing this, was told back in Acts chapter 4, do not speak anymore in the name of Jesus. And out he walked from the, let's call it the police precinct. And what did he do? He started speaking about Jesus. And they came out and they said, why are you doing that? We just told you. And they, he, he says, what is right to do in your eyes? To obey God or man? And so there's times that we're going to have to like just, hey, I don't agree with who's in charge, but I know that God is calling me to honor them with what I say, with what I do. And as you give God more and more what you think about those people and those authorities, whether it's your boss or whether it's your, I don't know, your uncle, I don't care. Like God will start to replace and transform your mind. Because that's actually prayer. Lord, I give you my thinking. I give you my thoughts. I give you all the mean things that I'm thinking right now about that individual that's done this to me. I, I give it to you. And just keep giving and giving and giving. And I don't know what God will do. I know what he's done for me. If you ever want to know, let me know. Just we'll have a cup of coffee. Because it is God's will for us to do good because that's what God says he wants us to do. It is what is best for us always. But there are those that the Bible, here in verse 15... Ignorant talk of foolish people. Um, Let me tell you what it means in Bible talk. It meant that they were unreflecting and unintelligent. Not my words, God's. And it's not like you're you're living your life in a way that's like, hey, I'm going to live my life for God to prove you wrong. Already on the wrong path. Well, right path, just a bumpy path. Because the whole lot smoother path, it is hard, it is narrow. But it is what is best for us, is to live for Him. So that, as we do, God will shut up the talk of unintelligent, unreflecting people. Fools. Because you fight with a fool, guess what happens? You look like a fool. Because fools in the Bible were obstinate sinners. People that said, I know what's wrong, or I don't know what's wrong, but I'm going to keep on doing it. Even when I'm proven that it's wrong. So then he moves on from there. Like, so obey even awful authority. Okay? 
And then he moves over to talking to this idea. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Interesting. Live as free people. Live as God's slaves. They said back in that generation about the first... uh, 1 AD, Jesus is born somewhere around 1 AD. They said 300,000 of the 900,000 Roman uh, area at that time, a third of the people in 1 AD were slaves. By the time it got to around Jesus' time, and then by the time it got to where Paul, I'm sorry, Peter is writing this, this letter here, it was said to have been anywhere from 25 to 40% of Rome's population were slaves. That's a lot of people. Imagine hearing as a slave, you're free. Like you might not be free of the situation you're in. You might not be free from the culture you grew up in. You might not be free from the baggage that you grew up in. But God says you are free. Free because of who you are. And we go back to last week and who are we? God says this, a chosen people. Do you know the word chosen meant bought? Like bought with a price? like a slave was. Isn't that beautiful? Like, I'll live as God's slave. That's good. That's good living. But see, here, hearing you are a slave and all of a sudden, you are chosen by God. You are bought with a price. Matter of fact, he goes on and says, you're a holy nation because you have a good ruler who is eternal and then he goes on to say not only are you free you are a royal priesthood because you are a royal priesthood you can live in the freedom that in the understanding that you are free now because of me and the royal priesthood is going to go carry that message that they too can be free we weren't slaves like people back then, were we? But we are all slaves to one thing, and it's called sin. All of them were slaves to sin. All of us were slaves to sin. We are born in it. It is our nature. You don't believe me? Go right down the hall. Ask if you can observe the class where the two-year-olds are. They will convince you. And they're wonderful. But as literally this is happening, as, as, as they're talking to, to slaves, as this is being written to slaves, like we were born into sin. It's just it. And so because that is reality, we don't have to be in that anymore because Jesus came. He lived the life that was perfect that we couldn't live. 
He fulfilled everything that the law and the prophets said about the, the coming Messiah and, 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 and how to live your life. He, he fulfilled every bit of it. He died. And for a few days, people were like, wow. Maybe he wouldn't. Then he rose again. And to this very day, everywhere Christianity tries to be squashed or silenced, you know what happens? Revival. Can't be stopped. Revival's not necessarily happening in America. But I will tell you this, a revival can happen in your heart. We worry so much about a revival breaking out. Like, wow, listen, Jim, Jim talked about this. Jim's not here. He's, help, he's helping with uh, grandkids. This, he talked about, like, you know, we don't have to go elsewhere for a revival. Like, we can stay right where we are in our lives, our day-to-day lives, because Jesus came, died, buried, rose again, sent the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit resides in us. So... In your freedom, I love this interesting encouragement. In your freedom, uh, don't justify it. Don't use your freedom to cover up anything. Just because you're free from sin doesn't mean you don't sin. There will be a day that we don't sin. But it ain't today, and it's not any day, anytime soon. When you draw your last breath, that'll be the, that'll be glory. But as we do sin, don't cover it up. Bring it to God. Admit what you've done. Tell Him where your heart is. Maybe it's not even like a sin of like, hey, I, I'm, I'm thinking this, doing this. To, Maybe it's a sin of like, hey, I, I don't even care, or I don't know what to do. I don't, just talk to him. Don't hide. Because free people don't hide. Then he closes with, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. And remember who the emperor was. Proper respect is due to everyone. We need, especially as the church, to just start treating everybody you come in contact with with dignity. Can we just start there? as believers. Like we don't even treat people well. It's just part of who it's almost assumed. Like I have a, a this is just a small thing and if you don't do this I'm not fussing. When I go up to pay, I always have my earbuds out and I'm off the phone. That's just a small thing between me and the Lord. Doesn't have to be your thing. If you're talking, I know it's an emergency, it's great. Uh, some people I know Mute me, whatever it is, and I say things in your ear while they're talking to the cashier. It's pretty funny. Um, that's just that's just personally for me. Don't say, "Well, oh, I gotta go do that." That's just one thing. But like, dignity is a big deal because like nobody really gets it. Like people, 
I think we can agree that we're just treated like number two. I don't want to say the word, just in case there's younger ones in here. So what if we just as Christians started there? Hey, we're just going to show proper respect to everyone. But we're going to love the family believers. Like, I don't know if you know this about me, but I love y'all. I love y'all. But I love the some in this room more, and especially the one back there holding somebody's baby. Like when the kids are like, who's your favorite? I'm like, mom. But I love my family more than I love y'all. I, I'm sorry. But I love y'all a lot. Don't take it personally, because if I asked you, you'd say, well, yeah, I love my family more than I love you. Sure you do. You should. Like, the family of believers is, is a deeper... Like, it's not just about dignity. It's part of that. This is saying, like, you are so much more in Christ than you think you are right now. Like, God wants so much more in you individually than you even think is possible right now. And that type of fear of God is what I think Paul, I'm sorry, Peter's talking about here. He's like, I'm going to live for God because of who he is. Like, at the end of the day, he calls the shots, whether I like it or not. And so, why not just participate in this wonderful relationship that he offers us? Yes, it's bumpy. But I live for him because as I live for him, he actually sees me doing it. And it actually is really good for me, whether I know it is or not. But oh man, it just brings him so much happiness. And it's not like the, hey, make me happy, God, that I used to think. He's still happy with me when I blow it. And so that's the type of fear of God that we should live in. He sees me. Others might. And so others maybe seeing that in us could be an invitation for them to engage in a journey and a walk with the God who just says, I want you to have more of me every day. Like, let's not worry about yesterday. Let's talk about today. Let's not worry about tomorrow. Let's talk about right now. And so maybe that's what you need to do this week. Have a few moments throughout the day where you say, I'm just going to sit here with God and say, I want more of you and just sit in that. I don't know what's going to happen for you. I knew something's going to happen. You might even feel worse next week. I don't know. But I do know more of God actually leads to more of Him.